What's up, everybody? This is Dan. I have my fabulous, wonderful, amazing, you know, co-host, you know, one of the Bob Barker girls now. Um, <laughs> see how you doing, sir? Uh, man, it's one of those days that you wish you could forget. It's it's no not more. been a great day. No more. I know. Yeah. Well, hopefully everything's all right with you. Um, thank you for joining. Thank, thank you for being able to hop on with me tonight because I know our t- both of our times lately have been crazy. So um, for those who don't know, my daughter is getting married here very shortly. Um, so I'll actually be probably missing a couple of weeks here. Uh, I know Joseph's doing school, so we're, we're, we're still cranking stuff out, but just, mm-hmm. just kind of know we, we are, we are working on a whole bunch of stuff outside of here, but uh, today was one of those days and uh, let's, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about it with the football. Um, of course, this is 40 guys, uh, Dallas draft and doomsday defense. And look, I, if we're going to call it doomsday defense, maybe this defense is doomsday. I, I don't know how to better say it. Yeah. Um, we heard about Randy Gregory earlier um, about potentially, you know, he's on the COVID list. He has a chance to, to hit two positive or two negative tests um, this week before he plays. But there is still questions, right? We're already hitting Thursday and we haven't really heard much. So we yeah. don't know what that's going to look like. Um, we lost uh, Leon Lett, our, our defensive line coach, um, tore a tendon in his quad. So that's, that sounds painful mm-hmm. uh, leg, leg injury. So he, apparently our defensive line coach is on IR. And, and so, you know, we're already missing Gallimore. We, Golson has been MIA essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then we all get the news that the heartbreaking soul crushing DeMarcus Lawrence is out for potentially, we don't know for sure. But James Slater was saying six to eight weeks with a broken foot. It sounds like the same injury that he had his rookie year when he missed eight weeks. He missed the yeah. first eight eight games of his rookie year uh, and came back afterwards. Um, sounds like a similar injury. I don't know if it's the same bone, uh, but it sounds like a similar uh, situation where it's that eight weeks. It looks probably going to be on IR with the designation to return. Um I mean, it is what it is. Unfortunately, um, you got to hope that Gregory can come back. And we, like like you said, he's still in the COVID protocol. We haven't heard anything. He's got to start testing negative soon. Here, <laughs> we're going up on Thursday, so he's only got a few more days left to get because he has to have two uh, outside of a twenty four hour period. We're within a twenty four hour period. That time frame is weird, um, but he's got to have two and two days essentially before he plays right yeah and uh so we're coming up on it i guess they can do what they were planning on trying to see with martin where he could get a negative test on saturday if he could get a negative test on sunday morning then they fly him out for a late late edition that's possible but most likely the best scenario would be getting a negative at the at the latest friday so he can travel with the team um but look, so, on top of this, we, we were already talking, though, on the offensive side, we were already talking missing Lyle Collins, right? And so this this kind of conversation happened today. So yeah. here we are going through the week. We, we have the Randy Gregory stuff. Um, we have Lyle Collins. You know, we, we had these injury, these these incidents that we were like, okay, we need to talk about this. And now this, right? Well, it's, 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 
it, it's just piling on and it's worse because the Randy Gregory COVID, we all know that's going to happen throughout the year. It's going to happen to players. It's going to happen to every team. The Colin situation is just the most random, weird thing I've ever heard of from this league. And that's, that's saying a lot. You know, if, if you don't know about Colin's situation, basically he's been tested like a hundred times or 180 times. 180 times he went to 173 of them and tested negative supposedly for all 173 that he made Mm -hmm. covid protocols shut the the facility down at certain points some of that was was due he caused missed tests he missed seven tests essentially whatever the reasons are he missed seven tests and for missing seven tests the league who has posted up it, you can find it on Twitter. You can find it all over the place on their punishments. Suspended him for five games. And that is no five games. Isn't even in the list. Yeah. That's, like, the, that's the problem. Is, like, it's that's the problem I've had is that like some people are like, Oh, shutting down for COVID doesn't excuse a missed test. Fine. Whatever. If you want to go with that. But the problem I'm having is that seven missed tests doesn't equate to a five-game suspension by their own policy in the CBA. And there's actually, for just missed test, there's no policy for even suspending them one game. It's just fines of game checks. Now, on the other hand, if you do not comply with the testing facility, which I don't know what that means, the terminology means, does that mean that he's there and he's refusing to do it? What is that terminology? What's the difference between missing a test and refusing to comply with the testing facility? Because that you can get suspended for, but still never five games because it's not in the policy. It's either four or jumps to six, I think. So what's the difference between those two and where does Collins fall in in that? Right. And we're not getting any answers. Like, you know, there, there is an appeal in progress. It, he won't be available Sunday. I, we all know this. There is an appeal going on. Um, there's a lot of weird stuff. Look, I'm not going to say this is 100% true or false. Like the conspiracy theory is out there that when the Zeke thing happened and Jerry Jones was like, we are not paying this commissioner, hell to the no, let's get him out of here. We need a new commissioner. Like that whole battle in Cowboys world fandom and, 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 and to a lot of people's perception has created some what appears to be unfair treatment. Again, I have no basis for this. I have no fact that this is true. But this is the story that people feel or is going on with the league, is that they, quote unquote, have it out for the Cowboys. Whether it's true or not, I can't tell you. But it is very suspicious that, first off, this wasn't even supposed to be released. This this suspension was, the NFL was apparently really upset with the fact that this even snuck out. Not only did it sneak out, but it goes against whatever's in their CBA. And then the explanation on top of it has made zero sense. So putting those breadcrumbs together, it gives people the ammo to believe that there is, in fact, a conspiracy. Whether there is or isn't, it is leading people to believe that. There's smoke. We just don't know if there's a fire. Right. Right. So... You know, but but going back to the missing of the games, right? So here we were, we were talking, you know, potentially move, we were we were concerned about the offensive line, right? We were like, oh, we need to move Martin out to right tackle. I kept telling people Martin doesn't want to play right tackle. Like everybody 
wanted to have <laughs> my head. Like people were really saying, like, you don't know what you're talking about. And and today, Jane Slater comes out and actually interviewed Martin. And Martin was like, I'm a right guard. The only reason I played right tackles because we were missing like six of them last year. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a right guard. And everybody all of a sudden was like, oh, oh, wait. And I, look, he said it last year. If you watch his press conference last year, I was talking to Zach Wolchuk. And if you watch his press conference last year, when he talked about playing right tackle, there was a lot of hesitancy in his conversation. It was like, yeah, I'll do it because I kind of have to. But he, you could tell he didn't want to. Right. And, and so then all the rumbling started and all the rumors started that he didn't want to play right tackle. And, you know, he wasn't happy with it. And here we are. Right. And so we had these conversations going all the way up to today. I mean, that was that was today at about what, three or four o'clock central time, I believe it was. And then all of a sudden, Demarcus Lawrence is out for six to eight weeks. And and look, we're heading into a, a talented Chargers team. Yeah. You, on defense, they have, you know, Bosa. Let's just let's just start there. Bosa. Right. And now you're missing, you're already missing Collins, and that was a worry. That was a concern. You know, where are you going to move Martin out? Well, looks like you're going to play uh, Naseki now, which, I mean, are you going to have Zeke help block? Are you going to, are you going to bring in Ralston up from the practice squad to actually help on that side? Are you going to, you know, there's that. There's now rumors that McGovern was actually calling blocking schemes for Biotish this last game. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I saw that. And that Biotish is actually looking pretty like questionable now on like whether he's really. So there was questions on this offensive line coming into this game. And now you're potentially without your two best pass rushers, easily your two best pass rushers. How are you feeling? Like, do you, do you think this changes, changes things? Do you think the offense is still going to be able to over overwork and overcome this obstacle? I mean, this is now it, it. This dynamic of these people, the, the specific players being out and playing this team that we're playing. I mean, I think it changes the dynamic a little bit in this conversation. But I don't know how you feel. Yeah. So this this really stinks because part of this show, the beginning part of the show, was originally planned to talk about recap a little bit about the Bucks game, talk about our feelings about the Bucks game, and we all pretty much came out of that Bucks game, even though we lost by two. And a last second field goal feeling pretty good, right? But with how bad this week has gone, here we are talking about how crap this is right now. And we haven't even got to like, we'll get to it more. We've got more pe- people out. This tank Lawrence has injury has dominated, but Donovan Wilson's out too. Yes. So, but yeah, let's get back to the line. And Biotish was really bad. Now, I get it. I granted he was going up against a combination of Vita Vea and Indomitian Sue, two of the best tackle uh, defense tackles in the league. Like, that's just a hard assignment for a young guy. But he got ragdolled a few times and he got, um, you know, he got pushed around. And it is concerning that, you know, like he didn't, McGovern was telling him the, the calls because. I remember in training camp them saying that they weren't trying McGovern at center because he didn't know the calls. But now yeah. you're telling me that he's telling Beatus the calls, and I'm like, I thought he didn't know him. Now our center doesn't know him? What's going on? 
So that really bugs me. And then the, the Martin situation is, I get it. Like people are, some people are really upset at Martin right now saying like, Oh, he's being selfish. He doesn't want to play the right tackle. Oh, there there's rumors that Martin and the team are worried about injuries. And I think the, I don't have any concrete proof of this. Like, I don't have anybody, a quote from anybody saying this, but I think it's evident that they are worried about the injury because what other reason would there be for them to not move him out there? Other than they did, they moved him last year and he immediately got injured. Right. At calf injury. Right. So, so two things to that. So first off, there is a different, a different style of play that you train for going from the phone booth. That is the guard position right? Pretty much a phone booth for most of your, the game to a tackle where you have to kick out, kick slide, do a lot of different things. And mobility wise mm-hmm. that you use different muscles, you use different, you know, you, you use your body differently. Um, you, you have to carry your weight differently. If you're a tackle versus a guard, you, you know, granted, can he play it? Absolutely. Yeah. Would he, would he, is he a really good tackle? Yeah, absolutely. But I don't, your, can I run? Yeah, I can run. But if I just run out there and I try to do a, a race, I might pull a muscle. I'm pretty sure most people saw on the internet those guys yeah, okay. who, who, who did their, their fantasy football draft order by running the 40 and every single one of them pulled up short with a pulled muscle. That's what it is. If you don't train properly, and I get it, he's a professional athlete, but it's still training properly. Like That's why they're saying position flex. That's why they move people around in training camp and, and you know, that's why Connor McGovern was playing at center and McGovern was play- I mean, Connor Williams was playing at center and McGovern was moving from right guard and left guard because even that, even guard at right guard and left guard, there's different maneuvers because you have to flip everything. Yep. You know, you're using different muscles. Walk in a circle for a long time and then switch and walk in the other way, a circle the other direction. It's you're using different muscles on the opposite side. You know, so like if you don't train at it, you, you put yourself at higher risk for an injury. And we saw last year that Zach, um, Zach Williams, Zach Martin didn't hold up at right tackle because he hadn't trained at it. They just kicked him out there. They didn't, he didn't really get a chance to practice for a long time out there. Now, if you want to say, Hey, we need to start training him there. That's a completely different conversation. But if you're asking him on a short week, just to hop out there, it's probably, you know, I think there's legitimate concerns to say, Oh, I don't want to risk injury. Right. Right. But let's say it isn't the injury thing, right? Like, let's take yeah. the injury thing out because we don't have the proof of that. Yeah. He got injured last year. That's, that's well-documented, like, you know, muscles, all that stuff. Let's say it isn't that. Here's the other problem. We just talked about Biotish not knowing scheme. Yes. You want Martin now, if that's the truth, if that's the truth, do you want Martin away from the center as a tackle where he could potentially help on the interior of the line and help with the play calling because he's, he is your best offensive lineman and you're probably your most experienced outside of maybe Tyron. Like, do you want to move him away from that and help out the Oddish? And then the other conversely, if you move him to right tackle, like you, he now has to help the guard versus if he's guard, maybe he can help the right tackle a little bit. Right. So putting him in that center position between the tackle and the center, it might actually help them with Biotish and with Nasheki's issues of like, he, look, he moves or, really Or slow. steel. Right. Or steel. Yeah. 
you know, now what you do is you say, hey, you're going to have to go outside on these guys because you're not going to be able to come inside because Martin's going to be there. Yeah. So, you know, it, it limits the movement. You move Martin out there and well, guess what? Now you're looking at, you know, McGovern Biotish Williams on the interior. And if like just looking at it scheme wise, it it might be smarter to put him there knowing what we think we know currently. Um, I just kind of kicking that out there too. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. If any position needed to be out, a right tackle is probably the best in my opinion, because that's Dax looking that way. He's right-handed. That's not his blind side. He can see Bosa's rush coming. Now I get it. That's not obviously always going to prevent uh, save Dak um, and Bosa obviously gets sacks on quarterbacks and the majority of quarterbacks in the league are right-handed, but it gives Dak that advantage and it doesn't collapse the pocket. If you have Martin there, obviously you're not going to get pushed back into the quarterback that often because Martin's there right in the middle of the pocket. So I think Dak can survive with a bad uh, with the, with the right tackle out. Dak's done it before. He did it last year. He played well. I'm honestly not concerned about the offense moving the ball this week. The, the Chargers have an, Okay, defense, they have Bosa, who's great, and they have Derwin James, who's great, and they have a whole bunch of question marks to the rest of the defense. Mm-hmm. I'm not concerned with Dak being able to move the ball in this offense. And last week, the Chargers got ran all over by the Washington yeah. football team. So, I mean, Zeke can go do some screen passes uh, towards Bosa side. Yeah. You know, let him rush. Let, let him blow by Steele or Niseki, whoever's there. Throw that little screen pass. We know Pollard. We know Zeke. They're both good in the screen game. So, you know, I'm not worried about the offense. I'm more worried about the defense, and that was even before the Tank Lawrence news. Okay, so before we flip to that side, one person we didn't talk about being out, Michael Gallup. Yeah. Right, so so we are talking about the offense here. Let's let's hold one second. Yep. You know, they're going to have – they've already said it's going to be Wilson – Right. It's probably going to be a combination of Wilson Brown. That's how they've always kind of worked it, depending on situation and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But um, Wilson is kind of the guy. So do you move Lamb out? Do you keep Lamb? You know, like, how, like, is that going to be an issue? I don't think it'll be as, again, I think this offense will be okay, um, mm-hmm. especially with more, if more gets, gets to adjust the way I think he can adjust, we'll be okay. Yes, you're going to have to worry about that right, right tackle a little bit. Um, yes, you're going to have to worry if they start moving Bosa around in certain positions and you're going to have to readjust your blocking schemes. Yes, those things are true. Um, but I, I'm with you. I don't, I don't think the offense is going to be stymied. Yeah. But it's, you know, when, when you're talking now going to the defense, right, you're talking about you're going to have to put up points because now I'm not sure where you're going to get pass rush from. I'm not sure where, you, you know, your secondary is still really questionable. Um, you know, are you going to move Parsons to edge, right? Because let's be honest, you need a pass rusher and Golston's probably not playing. That leaves Anai Armstrong. I mean, like, yeah. you, you know, like kind of these guys who once in a while will, will, sh- will maybe flash, but there's not consistency, right? Um, and so do you do that or, or do you do read, we were talking and Reeves had mentioned something and it's a really valid point. 
do you try to roll something out like a three, three, five this week? Yeah. So let me, let me just real quick address the, the offense part um, with Gallup out. I'm not, obviously Cedric Wilson's not get a Gallup. Obviously there's a drop off there, but Cedric Wilson is good enough to where it's not like a huge issue. Cedric Wilson can make plays and Noah Brown didn't play last week. He'll be back this week. So that will be good. Um, excellent blocking wide receiver uh, would really help out in the red zone with runs chip blocking. Uh, so pay slow Bosa yeah. down. So he slow is Bosa. one of those guys who is not afraid to go across the middle yeah. either. And like, yeah. And he- Brown will lay, put, put a block on Bosa, a chip block on Bosa as he goes out for a route. Like Brown is, he, he's really good at that. So I think he's going to help out. Um, moving to the defense of the ball, you, ra- you raised some good questions on the, along the line. Uh, it will be Dorrance. Well, Dorrance Armstrong was the next man up with Randy Gregory if he can't go. If he can't go, if Gregory, Randy Gregory can go, which we're all praying he can go now, then it'll be Dorrance Armstrong, uh, Armstrong filling in for Tank. But if Gregory can't go along with Lawrence, then yeah, it might be an eye who we know can rush the passer, but both of them struggle to set the edge in the run game. So our linebackers are going to have to get to that edge fast. So also, I, I like the idea of putting Parson, getting, getting uh, Parson on the line and getting his hand in the dirt. I like that idea. I think he's shown the ability to do it. He's shown really good quickness and bend. So I think Parson could do that. And I think Quinn is willing to do that. Um, yeah. So, he, but here, here's the thing. You now take Parsons out of coverage and you are now relying, right, potentially on Jalen and LVE. And so like you're, you're playing, you're playing a game where you're going to, you're going to have to make a decision. Yeah. Right. Due to what, where you're at, you have to, you are going to have to make a decision here. But Parsons, somebody somebody commented, um, somebody called into 105.3 today or texted in and said something to the effect of Jeff Kavanaugh about um, putting Jalen on the edge. And Jeff was like, he would be the worst edge in the NFL. Yeah. And, and he said, here, look, to be able to play edge, you have to be able to bend at the ankles. You have to be able to get that corner. Mm-hmm. And that is one of Jalen's weak points right now is he can't turn very well right he is good coming straight downhill through gaps use him as a blitzer that's fine but asking him to hold up on the edge and look we've seen him get absolutely washed out by one blocker he can't disengage he can't disengage blocks so So, like that's when you get him hey rush and let this if the tackle gets his hands on him he's done mm mm-hmm yeah, and, and so, you know, he, here, he, your edges are going to be, if, if Randy cannot go, it will be Dorrance Armstrong on one end and Terrell Basham on the other. That's true. Who's not a pass rusher, but is a very good edge setter in the rush defense, in the run defense. Right. And, and look, he, he's had, what, like seven and a half sacks in his career or something ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, behind them, you got Anai in Golston and potentially Kamara, right? Like this is what we're not going to play. I'm saying this is the depth chart. I'm just looking at the depth chart and that's the depth chart. So, and, and is Golston healthy? He remember he didn't play training camp. We don't really know what we have in Golston at all, to be honest with you. Do you throw him out there in game one and say, go forth young man and make sacks. Like, 
You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know what to expect if both, if, if Randy cannot go, right. You're going to have to move Parsons or again, you move to a three, three or a three, four and try to figure it out for this game. You know what I would, dude, I could, I could run with the three, the maybe not. Okay. The three, four. Okay. But the three, three, five as well. If you got Brent urban as one end, Basham is another end and you got a rotation of uh, Osa and Bohana in the middle, like, okay, I can, I can roll with the three man line like that. And you got urban, you got Watkins, like you have some meat. Yeah. Right. Urban like would be a defensive end. He played def- uh, Urban played a three line, uh, a defensive end in a three man line in Chicago. Right, right. But I'm, what I'm saying is, you got some meat for those three people. Yeah. Like, if you move to a three four three three kind of thing, you have enough mass that you've accumulated that can play some defensive end to set edges and do different things, and use your linebackers as pass rushers, right? Do you bring Jabril Coxon at this point? Do you put Neil on the field? Do you bring Parsons off the edge? Like they have some guys that might be able to generate, but it's going to take scheme. It's yeah. going to take scheme and you're going to have to probably blitz. But then let's go beyond those seven, right? Right now, it's still Anthony Brown who granted it's the, look, it's the Bucks. Yeah. I get it, right? Like, to be fair to Anthony Brown, you're playing Tom Brady who gets the ball out in under two and a half seconds, and you're playing the Bucks with their wide receivers. Like, yeah, it is what it is, right? Like, you weren't expecting him to be Diggs. I, let's give the guy a week, but man, like, he's still – we all knew he wasn't going to be star quality. I thought he'd be a little more solid than he has been. Um, Lewis, like – Lewis was Lewis might have been worse. Everybody, everybody is going after Brown, and I get it. Brown, especially with Brown giving up that huge deep pass, mm-hmm. but Lewis was just as bad in the slot against going up against Godwin. Yes, and again, it look it's the Bucks, right? And it's Tom Brady, yeah. so some of that you you get. But like, is it time to bring Kennedy in? Yeah, that's going to probably play right, right? Like that's a that's a question if you can't generate the pass rush and your secondary can't hold coverage for more than two seconds like that's a disaster waiting to happen regardless of who you have on defensive line right like yeah look we we got pressures last week did we really get any sacks no why because tom brady got the ball out in two and two point what five seconds or something ridiculous 2.4 or five seconds or whatever the heck it was yeah. got the ball out super quick and guess what players were open so you know how are they how are you going to adjust this and and man i'm i have a lot of questions on this d last week i i you know i went against my gut and went with the the head and you know thought the bucks would win until this defense proves me wrong well here we are on week two and we're going up against justin herbert and that offense can they do it Can, can they can they pull this off yeah, it's going to be hard, and there's there's the question of how you match up, and there's the, the debate. Diggs obviously locked down Mike Evans. You know, he he almost he pretty he pretty much shadowed him last week, and and locked him down. I uh, think three targets, one catch, ten yards. That's all Mike Evans had. Pro Bowl Mike Evans. Um, now the question is: is the debate is okay? Does Diggs travel with Keenan Allen? 
and leave Anthony Brown to Mike Mike Williams, or should you rotate Mike Diggs to Mike Williams and then do a, like a bracket on Keenan Allen because he goes inside. He plays about fifty percent of his snaps out of the slot. He he moves around a lot, so that's the big question. The beginning of the week, I was feeling Diggs on Allen, but I kind of like the idea of Diggs taking on Williams and then bracketing Allen. What do you think? So I think it's going to depend on how you use your linebackers this week on the pass rush, because I'd be more for bracketing Allen if I can keep speed out with him. So not necessarily just the safety, right? If I have Parsons or Cox or Neal who can actually cover, right? Yeah. Have them bracketing along with, let's say, Candy or Brown or Lewis or whomever that may be. Um, I, I'd feel better. But if you have to push them to play now on the edge, right, and get them out of coverage and get their speed to be used upfield instead of downfield, right? Now, do I want my safety and Brown bracketing? I don't mm. know. Yeah. Right? Like, that's that's going to be the chess match is how are you using your front seven that those those speedier players that you do have how are you using them and are you using them for coverage are you using them for pass rush are you going to try to mix it up i'm okay with it but i i'm really curious how they're going to do it because to your point you know uh donovan wilson's outright like we already know that um you know we don't know what hooker if hooker's going to play like we we already know it's you know what the second the safeties look like do you trust that or do you say hey we're going to try to generate pass rush and therefore if we do that using these players i have to put digs on allen and then say mike williams beat me other you have to beat me with mike williams and that's where you bracket yeah. Right. Because of his long speed. I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. And had DeMarcus Lawrence played, I probably would say, yes, let's bracket Keenan because he's such a fantastic route runner and he plays yeah. all over the field. So I'd be more like it. But man, now I have to question do you. How do you play this? Yeah. You know, it's going to be an interesting because KZ played really well and he played yeah. exceptional in coverage. He played very well in coverage curse came in a lot played a lot he played not so great in coverage but he played really he played actually really well in run defense which is that's he's a strong safety he's better uh donovan wilson had a good game uh but now he's out so strong safety probably curse is going to be your starting strong safety this game and it looks like from the word is malik hooker will be active this game they they they're getting them ready back in. He's probably going to rotate in. Maybe is that third safety. They played a lot of three safeties last game against the Bucs. Um, maybe he's that third safety, and they play, you know, with uh, KZ and Hooker back a little bit, and they bring Curse up more. Um, I, I, three, three, five, right? Yeah, right. I, I think it's three three five might be the best option. I think Reed is onto something. To be honest with you, like you, you play the three safeties, which helps you potentially bracket whoever you need to bracket gives you help over the top and then you can use those front six essentially to help kind of generate what you can um or bring a safety down i i would do the three three five the linebackers my linebackers are are obviously parsons uh and neil 
and LVE. I'm not, I don't, I don't want Jalen uh, Smith in this game. Jalen Smith will get embarrassed and destroyed by a scat back like uh, Eckler. Eckler will embarrass him. Um, so I don't want him on the field that much. I want him his his num- his snaps to be about what they were last one. It was like, I think he got 16 snaps against the Bucks. I want you know that's fine. Um, so I'd prefer LVE or even Jabril Cox because you know you're going to have to have coverage in here because um, Eckler goes out. Eckler goes out a lot. So either you're going to have uh, LVE or maybe Jabril Cox. I don't know how much Cox is going to play. Honestly, he didn't get any snaps, um, but. Man, it's going to have to get creative. They will. They will. And I think that's kind of where we're all at right now, hearing all of this news, right? So let's go back to that first game, right? So the the initial, now we can, let's talk about that first game. Like I wanted to get this out of the way first because let's talk about the positives, right? So this offense, if they can fix this red zone issue that they have, which I believe they can, can, with the talent they have, um, and it, barring more health issues, I think they can do it. This offense has the capability to be one of the easily one of the top three, if not the best offense in the league. Yes. Right. Now, there is a little bit of concern when it comes to red zone. There was a little bit of concern on the running game. And look, I get it. You're playing the Bucks, and that's what they do. They, mm-hmm. they stop the run. Like that's, yep. they told us they were going to do it. They legit told us last week going to the game, we're going to focus on Zeke. Yeah. Guess what? I mean, you had three, three yards of carry, right? Um, but Kellen said something really interesting that, that gave you a little bit more glimmer of hope or a little bit more like, oh, this is refreshing. When he came out and said, whether it's a run or a pass, yards are yards, essentially. Right? Yes. And so a, a screen is just as good to him or a, a wheel route or a, you know, a, a short wide receiver screen or whatever the thing is, is just as good for him if you pick up four yards than if you run up the gut for four yards. To yeah. him, it's the same. It's yards or yards, and you get them where you can get them. And, and he said it perfectly, and this is what people don't understand, is I have a little man crush fanboy with uh, Kellen Moore, but he, he just innovating. He, his, his offensive mind is so good. He, he said – Look, we threw a three-foot pass to Tony Pollard that went for eight yards. He's like, three-foot pass. He's like, technically, it falls into pass. Whatever. You know, like, it, it, it's a three-foot pass. Come on. I've seen pitches further than three feet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Watch so, an RPO where the quarterback pitches it out. That's usually like, what, 10 feet, 12 feet? <laughs> mm-hmm. No, you're 100% right on that. So – it really doesn't matter. It yards, yards are yards. Honestly, yards are yards, no matter how you get it. Yeah, yeah. So I look on the positives. They hung in with the, with a really talented Bucks team, um, and and on the had, it, had it not been for what now we're finding out, Greg Zerline um, being injured as well. But if we uh, if we didn't have kicking issues, right? Look, I'm not going to get into the, some of the officiating calls because some of them were very special. But if you didn't have the kicking issues you had, you won this game. Yeah. You won the game. It wouldn't have mattered that minute and 20 seconds that you gave Brady at the end. It wouldn't have mattered. Mm-hmm. Right? You make 
one of those field goals and that extra point, you've won that game. Yep. Right. And so that's the positive takeaway. You've got turnovers, which is really refreshing because it has been a hot minute since this Cowboys team created more than like a turnover, right? Like any time we saw two turnovers in a game, we were like, Oh, we're, we're, we're really crushing it now, guys. You know, you're, like, you're allowed to do that. Yeah. Like how many games did we go where we didn't have any turnovers? Like not a fumble, not an interception. We didn't even cause them. Like nothing was happening. So very refreshing. Um, and it's something to build for Right. And mm-hmm. as we start getting players like, uh, Joseph and we start in- incorporating him and we start getting maybe Neville Gallimore back and we start getting hopefully at some point tank now back mm-hmm. Randy's back and like you have things to build on it's going to be a work in progress the secondary was always going to be a work in progress but there's positives coming out of that first game nobody walked away from that first game going man, we suck. We lost and we suck. It yeah. was, man, we lost. We should have won that game. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and you, and you look at it and you think about it and you're like, huh, thankfully our schedule's not terrible and we don't go up against a crazy amount of good quarterbacks to start the year. I mean, we have Brady and we have Herbert and then it's like a, a desert of quarterbacks for the next like six weeks. So that's yeah, a really have, good thing. Uh, Jones, I don't know if it's in order, but you have Jones, you have Hertz, and you have um, Carolina dude uh, from the Jets. Uh, good Lord, I'm drawing a blank. Darnold. Darnold. So you have those three following Herbert, right? I mean, okay. You know, and then you got you got one more game, and then you got the, the bye week, right? So you have an ability here, even if you lose this, to walk away at three and two. Yeah. Right. Walking into game six before your bye week. So, so look, you could end up four and two, hit your bye week. And at that point, that's about the six week mark. Well, guess who starts, guess who starts coming back, right? Like now you start looking to see when DeMarcus will play. Mm-hmm. Now you now you see what you know if Joseph has gotten in and is starting to play like that that seventh week break is actually with the way it's panning out is actually helping the Cowboys a little bit for that yeah. second half of the season and and I hate early buys because you get really worn down I hate really late buys too by the way um, I kind of like them like right there in that like sweet middle spot where you can kind of really get a true break but. An early break this year might not be a bad thing for this this team. Um, so I I don't know. I, I think you know going into the Chargers game, it's going to be a different game than I thought it was going to be at the end of the Bucks game. Yeah. Right. At the end of the Bucks game, I was like, you know what? I I'm thinking the Cowboys really are probably going to pull this out. Um, I still think they have to win by shootouts for now. I, I still think like that's kind of where they're at. And I thought that was probably going to be the case regardless. They were going to have to put up, you know, anywhere between 30 and 35, 36 points a game to kind of really make sure they've locked down. Now, granted, like you got the Giants and stuff like that, but like 
that 30 to 35 spot was kind of the sweet spot, right? And I, there was no reason the offense couldn't do it. Yeah. Here we are. There's been some questions. Looking forward to the Chargers game. Before we get into predictions, okay, let's, mm-hmm. before we get into our game predictions, how are you feeling? Did your feelings actually change at all from the end of the Bucks game to today? Before we get to the actual prediction, did your feelings change on this game? On the feelings on the outcome or like the difficulty of it? The outcome. No. All right. All right. And, and I bet you it's because of the offense, right? Yep. Yeah. So it, it's, um, it's something we will be, you know, everybody's going to be monitoring, you know, Randy Gregory's status. I think that is, that is a very, very, very important cog that we have to get answered before Sunday. Yeah. Um, right. The, the difficulty has certainly gone up. I don't think anybody questions the difficulty not going mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've hedged back and forth once today. I've thought about it as I was running some errands around getting ready for this wedding. Um, I, I kind of started going back and forth on this Chargers game. Like, I was like, man, I don't know. Like, if Bosa starts get, getting that and the Cowboys don't adjust right, like, oh, man, this, this could be – this could get ugly. Um, you know, you got James throwing James. Like, you're out without Gallup now, so is he going to shadow Amari? Like, how are you going to play this? But I don't know – the Chargers defense is kind of like ours in a way. Yeah. And so I, you know, they have a look, they have a potent offense, but so do we, mm-hmm. you know, we, we probably have a slight advantage on, on play calling on offense at least. Right. Yeah. There, there's another, there is one other question though. And, and look, I'll bring it back before we do prediction special teams. Mm. Right. Yeah. And, and and I hate to bring it up, but look, you you now have a question mark with Greg Zerline, right? Like, I think it's absolutely asinine that they knew of this injury during training camp and they still didn't bring a, a kicker in, right? To, to challenge or even to like practice just in case. And we get to the first game, he misses a super easy field goal by like, what are you doing? He misses a long one and he misses an extra point. Right. So that's a concern. Like, I, I don't want to say like, that's going to what it's cause it's not probably going to make or break the game potentially, but man, like that's a concern. You know, you, you gave us some yardage and kick return this last week. Again, yeah. it's the bucks. I, I get it. But like, there are some questions there that now have to be answered for my special teams and who has the better special teams. Yeah. Um, the punting was a lot better than than the previous years. Uh, Anger play, did a great job. Uh, the kick return um, from what they've said is that jo- a fossil was telling them to ki- was telling him to kick it short. Um, so they could ret- uh, stop it on the return. He's got to kick, Cut that out. Let let Zernline kick it out and touch back it. Um, we don't have the coverage right now. Uh, we're getting some people back, like Anthony. I mean, not Anthony, but Noah Brown. That's going to be good. Hopefully, we bring up Ralston. I think he would help out there. Um, we'll see what we do with that. Um, but just kick it out. Just touch back it. Like you're, you're not risking. 
you're risking penalties. You're risking, I, I just kick it out. Stop getting cute. Yeah. Stop getting cute with it. Yeah. Just, just do your thing. Now, look, we re-signed Lyrum. Like, I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. That was a, yep. it was a really under underground thing. Like it was kind of a blurb that flashed by. They re-signed Lyrum. Um, you know, so they obviously know there's some questions with the kicker right now. Um, I don't know how or if they're going to, you know, you play Lyrum. I don't know, you know, but it, it's something to watch and special teams is a question. So yeah, I'm giving him, that? I'm giving Zerline one more week. I'm giving him a chance. Uh, last year he was perfect on field goals, less than 50 yards, 50 yarders plus that's, that's, that's hard to hit. You know, you do that. Those are difficult. And he, he was pretty good in them last year, but he did miss some, but under 50, he was perfect. Uh, obviously he's already missed the 31 this year, but he did come back and hit the 40, was it 48 yarder to, to take the lead. Um, so I'm giving him another week. If he misses another short field goal, then yeah, we, we got major questions, but I'm hoping it's just a, a little hiccup on his return back. Um, so I, I still have confidence in him. Well, hopefully he doesn't prove me wrong. Well, the injury is a concern. Like yeah, it is, it is, you know, if you're still, Kickers and leg injuries, man, it's never a good thing. Um, so with all of this being said, but let's start with you. Give me your prediction for the Chargers game, and, and let's have a little fun with it, right? Mm-hmm. Have a little fun with it. Not only give me your prediction, but give me your one guy who you think nobody is expecting to stand out that will stand out. Ooh, Okay. Okay. Um, give me the Cowboys. Uh, I will say Cowboys 31, Chargers 28. I was almost right on my pick six from Diggs. He got a pick last week. I almost, oh, man, I was hoping he would run it back. Um, but uh, give me 31, 28, Cowboys. Uh, the guy who I think will stand out that nobody is expecting. Um Hmm. Give me Osa. Give me Osa this week. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a really good one. All right. Well, so I'm I'm actually going to go Cowboys this week. Um, but man, it's, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be real close. Um, and I'm I'm thinking it's going to be something like thirty-four to thirty, thirty-four to thirty-one, like mm-hmm. something like that. So I'll go thirty-four to thirty-one just to be fun with it make it that field goal thing. Um, the one player that I think could potentially show out this week that people aren't really expecting will be Tony Pollard. Okay. Um, I think that they're going to potentially with Gallup being out, try to maybe use Pollard to, like you said, get behind Bosa, kind of use him slotty, give him a couple extra plays this week. Um, and see what he can do. So I, I think Pollard might be a little bit of a gadget guy who may show up this week. I like that. I like that. Yeah. yeah. And look, I'm not saying he's going to run for 150 yards and, you know, catch 150, but I think he's going to be a guy that you're going to look at and go, oh, okay. Okay. We see you. Um, there you go. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I'll, so I will be at the game this week in LA. So, ah, well, um, take, take lots of videos and photos and, you know, just just be careful because you know the NFL is cracking down on that on Twitter. By the way, just just be warned. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, can't, re- can't rebroadcast. Oh, you know, not like oh. it's on 
free TV in America. But right, I record. <laughs> I record any yeah. fights, fights as well. So, yeah, you know, it's a charter. You you really probably won't get too many. You know, just. I think there's. I think it's probably going to be seventy to seventy five percent Cowboys fans in that stadium. Yeah, look, telling you, I I actually have a a really good friend of mine who's a Chargers fan. Has been her whole life, right? Um, And I always, I always joke with her about it, and she's like, you know, I don't understand. It's not like we've ever really like we've had Ladainian Tomlinson. We've had like she's like we've had Dan Fouts. We've had all these players. But for whatever reason, people are just not drawn to us. And so I always joked with her. It was the it was the colors, powder blue and yellow. Yeah. And she's like, "Well, I like them." And I'm like, "There's the point." But yeah, um, she's the fan. Okay, she's the fan, right? No, I, I know a couple of Chargers fans. Um, but you know, it's 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 hard for that team because you know they're in LA. They got the Rams, mm-hmm. who really are kind of like now LA's team, right? Yep. Yep. Um, you know, for a long time, in some ways, it was the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we oh, all still is in a lot of ways. Right. Like the Raiders, because they were there for a while and they were the Raiders. And I don't know. It's just, it's really a fascinating city. Um, and the way their fandom works with, with football. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you, you and I both know really that town runs around USC. Yeah. Right. Now, right. Like for football, it really runs around USC and, and in some ways, still the Raiders. Yep. Uh, Oh, I'd you know, say that I would say that the Raiders have a bigger following in LA than the Chargers. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and to be fair, the Chargers are fairly new to the area coming up from San Diego. So, you know, you're look, just like Dallas and Houston have their rivalries and they, they hate each other. Let's be honest about San Diego and LA. Yeah, it would be like Houston trying to move up to Dallas and like yeah. they wouldn't they wouldn't they wouldn't have the following, you know. Yeah. Yeah. LA and San Diego aren't exactly the best of friends. Yeah. Um you know, so it's always that fun rivalry. So, all right, guys. So I do want to bring one more thing. We, we do talk drafts. We do talk some things like that. College football is a full, full going, right? We're, we're in, we're getting there. I think right now, Stingley might be one of the best players, like one of the top three picks. Um, I, I there have been some, some weird ups and downs on players this season so far um, in college that you didn't think you would see. Um, who do you have right now as your kind of number one overall pick? Man, it's all over the place. It's, it's still early. Uh, I know he didn't have the best game and he didn't play last week, but he didn't have the best week one game. But I still think it's early and people aren't shaken on Spencer Rattler right now. I think they're still going to give him a chance. He was the projected number one pick coming into the season. I think he is – people aren't going to jump ship on the um, after one one not-so-great game. So uh, we'll see. I mean, he, if he keeps playing like that, then he's going to drop out. But right now, quarterbacks rule the game. Um, I think that uh, Rattler's probably still your number one pick as of right now. Yeah, it's, always, it's probably going to be a quarterback. Now, whether he's the best player in the draft, that's a different conversation. Oh, yeah. Um, right. We've seen that before where the best player isn't always the first pick. Um, you know, Rattler Rattler's an int- is one of those guys who's had the up and down, right? Like mm-hmm. you're, you were expecting this ball of fire to come out week one and it was not that. Not at all. Right. And so now that question starts lingering, like, is this going to happen for the rest of the season? Don't know. Like, like you said, there's, there's plenty of football left. Um, 
I am kind of, however, impressed that it looks like this might be a, a, an okay year for secondary. Mm -hmm. um, so far, so far, it looks like there's some, some, some secondary players out there that are kind of starting to make some names for themselves. Um, it also might not be a bad year for if, again, if you're in the market for offensive line, you might have a, a run of a little bit of offensive line this year too. Um, right now, I think those are your strongest spots. Mm -hmm. um, there's some good wide receivers out there as well, but there's always good wide there's receivers. Always, yeah. Um, but I, I'm, I'm thinking secondary. If you need secondary, this may be the year to, to dip your toes into the secondary pool. And I'm not talking just like a corner, like there's guys out there in safety and some other guys who are starting to show they can kind of play a little bit of everything. Um, and I'm kind of interested to watch the rest of the season unfold with, with that. Um, but yeah, I, I just kind of wanted to see how you're feeling about some of this, some of this draft stuff right now, because we do, we do want to talk about it. We do want to bring it up. Look, it's only a couple of weeks into the college football season. So, um, you know, how are you, how are you feeling right now? Like what, what positions of strength do you see right now? Oh yeah. Yeah. There's the, you've, you've really hit them. The, there's some really good interior offensive linemen. Um, what was that guy's name from, uh, I think it's Notre Dame. Um, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, but, uh, also from Notre Dame, you have, uh, I know Cowboys fans. We, we always dream. We always wish, but that safety, man, Kyle, Wayne, uh, Kyle Hamilton, man. Yes. Oh man. Kyle Hamilton's so good. His range is insane. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, he might be my my guy right now for, but it's it, it's so hard because he's a safety and it's the Cowboys. So you're like, oh, is it just another pipe dream? Yeah, he he may be long gone before we even yeah, get he, him. Like, yeah, you're true. Honest, that's that's true. He might be long gone. Killing it right now. Um, so one of the names out there, uh, Evan Neal, offensive line from Alabama. Mm -hmm. uh, has been playing really, really, really well. Um, we talked about Stingley Rattler, um, Texas A&M, Kenyon Green, mm -hmm. uh, playing really well on the offensive line. Uh, conversely, on the defensive side of the ball, look, you have um, Texas A&M actually has a pretty good defensive lineman in Leal, that kid Leal, um, doing pretty good, man. I mean, he's 6'4", 290. Uh, plays on the inside, but man, he's got some, he's got some juice to him. Um, you got Aiden Hutchinson out there. Um, this might be that kind of draft where you get, you get some, some talent that we haven't seen at certain positions mm -hmm. um, over the last couple of years. And so I'll be really interested to see how it plays out, but man, that's the secondary this year. So far, the secondary for me has been absolutely standing out in college yeah. Um, you know, just, just going through a couple names real quick, uh, before we wrap it up, we got Kyle Hamilton, which you mentioned, right? Mm -hmm. You have Derek Stingley, which I mentioned, I brought up now, when you start looking through the list, you're like, Oh, all right. Well, you know, who else is out there? Well, guess what? You have Elam from Florida. Legit. Legit. Right. You got uh, booth from Clemson mm -hmm. playing, playing pretty solid. You got Kendrick from Georgia. Yep. Right. Like, and you're, you're hearing some of these names. Like if you go back and watch them so far, they're playing really well. Um, you got McDuffie, uh, 
shout out to our friend, uh, too much camera out there. I know you're <laughs> listening. Um, you got McDuffie, right, out of Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got that kid Gardner out of Cincinnati. Oh, who, yeah. Who's, look, I, I, people right now, I, I think I've seen him listening or from like the very bottom of the first to like top of the second kind of range. Look, that's a name to watch. That kid is a name to watch climb this board potentially for the rest of the season. We'll see. We'll see. But, man, that kid's really good. So you need defensive backs this year. This may be the year. Mm-hmm. Maybe the year. So little little, little draft talk for you guys. Um, yeah. So we're excited. Chargers game. Let, let's hope the uh, Cowboys bring the offense, though, because I think they're going to need it. Um, let and some, let, let and it rain. Yeah, let and, it rain, and, and let and get creative on defense. Mm-hmm. I, I'm asking you to try to find a way to be creative with or without uh, Randy. Like I think without Lawrence, you're going to have to still be somewhat creative. Um, moving Parsons around, moving. Look, I'd even be willing to move LVE a little bit around. Um, you know, his his range is is a different range, but. Like he's mm-hmm. a strong, powerful player. And yeah. if you need him to come down and maybe help set Medge mm-hmm. on for somebody like Anai, let's say. Well, guess what? I'm feeling a little better if that if you know it's a run play and you got LVE and Anai out there, I feel much better about that, right? Yeah. Um so get creative with it. Um, we'll see what Dan Quinn dials up this week, but yeah, it'll be fun. Maybe. Yep. And Gregory, if you're listening, I'll take your COVID test for you, man. Just yes, yes. I, I'm. I know I'm good because I got the <laughs> thing coming up. I'm clear. I'm. I'm in. I'm in the green. So, yeah, that's the that's the nitty gritty of it. Um, hopefully, all of you guys are doing well on your fantasy teams. I lost. Uh, I'm running in. Let's see, seven leagues, um, four of which, five of which, with people I know. So, two of them are like kind of fun leagues. Um, I lost one game, mm. um, and now, of course, was to Camber. <laughs> Look, I lost our running back, like, right before the season started. I don't know what else I'm supposed to do, but um, it was it was a good game. But, yeah, I, I, I'm so far doing all right. How are you doing in your fantasy games? Uh, I got uh, six leagues. I went uh, four and two this week, and the, the worst is uh, my – my uh, big money league, uh, my main league, I lost because uh, of Aaron Rodgers. Of course. Aaron Rodgers. I do not like that person right now. If, if you all can see the stairs, when, <laughs> when he said the name of Aaron Rodgers, we just both kind of looked at the camera like, yeah, about that. So, <laughs> scoring me a whopping two points for a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, he had an awful game. He, he had an awful game, but Hopefully you guys are doing all right with your with your fantasy. We're not fantasy gurus by any stretch of the imagination. We know some guys, LP if you're out there. Um, but hopefully you guys are doing well at it. Uh, I am in one for work. Uh, I, for those who don't know, I work for Wounded Warrior Project. Um, and uh, I'm in one for work. And one of the guys, uh, his name is Blue Falcon. That's his team name. Nice. And, and he drafted five kickers. Oh, what a Blue Falcon. Oh. Right, he dropped the five kickers. He ended up actually winning his game this week. <laughs> so, um, right now, I'm currently in second due to points. 
but uh, it's a it's a fun league because it's a whole bunch of veterans who are all getting together to to kind of just have some fun. So awesome, yeah. But I had to tell you the Blue Falcon story because I I thought it was hilarious when I was watching the draft and he had most of it actually on auto. That's the even funnier part oh. is he set his board and knew he wouldn't make it to the draft because he had to work that night, right? He had an event that he had to be at. He knew he wasn't going to make it. And so he he ranked his players and and still drafted, five, I think it was like four or five kickers. And uh, yeah, it just, I'm like, what, what are you doing? Like, that's, that's the best. I, I couldn't even imagine. And then he ended up winning. And it was all I could do not to break down in utter laughter on a conference <laughs> call today. Um, yeah, it was it was absolutely hilarious. And so I wanted to share that because it's the first time I've ever seen something like that happen. I will read you his, his roster. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. So, all right, real quick. He has, he has. His kickers, he actually has three of them, excuse me. It's Sanders from Miami. Butker, Nick Folk uh, are his kickers, right? <laughs> By the way, that's 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 it, right? He auto drafted Pat Mahomes. He got him in the first round. Oh. Claypool, Judy, who's out. Mm. Ronald Jones, Derek uh, Singletary, Gronkowski, Williams from the Chargers, Sutton, Higby, Hertz, and Dobbins. And he still pulled off a win. How? He still pulled off a win. Um, how? Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> I don't know how he pulled it off, but uh, yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was something, man. That was <laughs> that was utterly something. Yeah, that's an interesting team, and to be able to pull off uh, pull off a win, that's <laughs> impressive. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, he somehow did it, and um, much kudos to my friend Sean uh, for somehow pulling it off. You know what really helped him is Mahomes had thirty three, Gronkowski had twenty five, and Williams had eighteen. So that really helped him quite a bit, right? Um, and whoever he was playing against um, utterly crapped the bed because. He had Herbert, Ridley, Johnson, Gibson, Taylor, Kittle, Swift, mm. and somehow still lost. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. Poor guy. So, who knows? Fantasy football, man. That's, that's, that's fantasy for you, man. Yeah. You never know. You never know. So, anyway, I wanted to kind of talk a little fantasy because I thought it was funny that he drafted like three kickers and I just – I think I think it was actually four, and I think he actually dropped one this week, if I remember right. So I think it was four, and he dropped one this week to pick up a, a bench player. So hilarious, any way you look <laughs> at it. Um, I just yeah, hilarious. So hopefully you guys are doing good. Um, we will catch you next week. Um, next week I will be here, uh, but I will not be here the following uh, two to three weeks. I have my daughter's wedding. Uh, my oldest is getting married, so. You know, if you're out there listening, wish her, wish her your best. Yes. And, uh, where can we catch you, Joseph? Oh yeah, my Twitter is uh, at the J A Massey. Okay, and your articles. <laughs> yeah, I always forget about that. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, um, the dot com, and then also footballmania.com. Very cool. Check him out. He does great work. 
Uh, of course, you can catch me at Dan underscore Rupert, R-U-P-P-E-R-T. Um, and of course, you can find me at Sport DFW uh, with our friend Reed, um, who if you guys don't follow him, Reed Hansen, uh, please give him a follow on Twitter. He is Definitely. fantastic. Definitely. Fantastic. The guy is breaking out stuff like you want to, to be broken down. So give him a follow. Uh, Reed D. Hansen on Twitter. And uh, yeah. Thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you guys after the Chargers game. Go Cowboys. Go boys.